This episode of the Outside Podcast is brought to you by Whoop, the fitness tracker that gets you training smarter by giving you feedback on every moment of your day. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone looking to get in better shape, the truth is that your workouts are only one part of a fitness routine. To reach your true potential, you need to understand what's going on with your body all the time. You know, your competitive advantage is in your downtime. And if you're not measuring the impact of your downtime, you're simply missing a massive piece of the performance puzzle. That's Kristen Holmes, a former member of the U.S. national field hockey team and also one of the most successful coaches in Ivy League history. She's now the vice president of performance science at Whoop. And as she explains it, many athletes make the mistake of working out based simply on how they feel or what their training schedule says they're supposed to do that day. The problem with this is that we're not reacting to our actual physiological state, which is determined by many factors. How you're eating, how you're hydrating, you know, are you buffering stress and rest throughout the day? What does your sleep look like? Are you getting into deeper stages of sleep? All of these things are massively influential on how you're gonna show up tomorrow. Whoop allows you to easily track all of these variables. It's a lightweight, 100% waterproof wrist strap that calculates recovery, strain, and sleep metrics so you really know what you're ready for and can learn how to take better care of yourself between workouts. And that's what I absolutely love about Whoop is that this is data you can action. We have this incredibly elegant mobile app that gives the user all sorts of really interesting feedback that's consumable, it's digestible. So people start to understand very quickly what are the behaviors that are gonna be really useful and help me toward my goal of being able to show up with as much mental you know, clarity and, and physical strength and you know, all the things that you want in your life to really be present. Learn more about how Whoop can help you reach your potential by training and recovering smarter at Whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. For a limited time, outside podcast listeners get 15% off a membership. Just enter the code OUTSIDE at checkout. From Outside Magazine and PRX, this is the Outside Podcast. Surprise, it's election pop quiz time. And here is your question. Which state in the U.S. has the greatest number of registered voters? Think you got it? You should. It's not a hard question. The answer is California, the state that also has the largest population. According to recent news reports, more than 21 million Californians are registered to vote in the 2020 presidential election. That's roughly 83% of eligible voters in the state. Pretty impressive. But what if I told you that there's actually another state that has even more voters than California? Like a lot more, 50 million. And that these people were united not by official government borders, but by a shared passion for the outdoors. That is the idea, at least, behind the Outdoor State, an initiative launched earlier this year by the nonprofit group Protect Our Winters. Like many people, I heard about it for the first time this fall, when a video narrated by climber and Oscar-winning filmmaker Jimmy Chin popped up in my Instagram feed. Because no matter who you are, if you love the land, you are a member of the Outdoor State. 
50 million people strong, not defined by borders or party lines, but by passion for places we love. It's a compelling vision that everyone who enjoys America's natural playgrounds could join forces to vote as a block. And the goal of Protect Our Winters is to motivate the citizens of the outdoor state to vote on the issue that is at the heart of the organization's mission, climate change. The Jimmy Chin video was just one small piece of that effort. A much bigger piece is Purple Mountains, a full-length documentary released in September that follows Protect Our Winters founder Jeremy Jones as he tries to understand how the country has become so divided on the environment and seeks common ground with people who don't share his views on climate change, including other members of the outdoor state. And at the end of the day, what we're fighting for is clean air and clean water and a sustainable future for kids. So why is that so polarizing? How do we get there? Purple Mountains marks the latest and most ambitious stage in a long effort by Jones to spur action on climate change among the outdoors community. It's not a quest that anybody ever expected him to undertake. Least of all, Jones himself. Back in the early 2000s, he was the king of big mountain snowboarding, traveling the world so he could ride helicopters to the top of jagged peaks and then make spectacular descents for what are often called snow porn films. We're gonna have a guy in the back seat with a knife and if something goes wrong with a helicopter, we're cutting that rope. At that time, my snowboard career was cranking. I was starring in five films a year. Sponsors were happy, but I started having this growing desire to change things up. I was seeing changes to the mountains and it was coinciding with what scientists were telling the world. Jones grew up on Cape Cod, but he has spent much of his adult life living in the Lake Tahoe area in Northern California. As he traveled for film projects, he had a number of experiences that caused him to be alarmed about the warming climate. In Chamonix, the French resort area that's considered the birthplace of mountain sports, he witnessed the frighteningly rapid retreat of glaciers over just a few seasons. But it was while filming in British Columbia in 2005 that Jones was compelled to actually do something. On a day off from helicopter missions into the backcountry, he took a hike with some younger locals. He wanted to show them around their ski hill, which didn't have any snow. They were speaking with so much pride of like showing me where they learned to ski and we're walking by the, the little shack uh, mid-mountain and they're telling me about the hot chocolate and the popcorn and they're pointing out jumps. And, and so we're, we're at this place that meant so much to these guys. It shaped their lives and it's closed and it's all grass. And I, you know, looked to him and go, so why isn't it open anymore? And they said, you know, it just doesn't snow enough. And I remember just being like, man, that is so sad. And thankfully my resort's not dealing with that stuff. But I started thinking about climate in 30-year chunks and going, wow, I wonder like what's going to happen in the next 30 years around my town. And so that was a really impactful moment where I was like, you know what, I, I need to do something about this. As a professional snowboarder with zero expertise in climate science, 
Jones figured his best move was to donate money to a group in the snow sports industry that was working on climate. I had a lot of signature products, and I thought it would be cool to take a percentage of sales and put it towards climate change. Very just basic, simple deal. Call my friend who has ties to the environmental movement. And I'm like, hey, can you tell me where I can send this check? I don't know anything about climate. I don't know anything about nonprofits. And he comes back to me a week later and he says, um, you know, I've done a bunch of research and I was shocked to find that your industry is doing nothing on climate and you should start a climate group. And I was like, yeah, right, man. I want nothing to do with that. And so for a while, he didn't do anything except think about how there was no way he could start a climate group. I tried to talk myself out of it for two years. Eventually, he lost that argument. I was like, you know what? I know enough people. I know the magazines. I know the movie companies. And I said, I'm going to start trying to move this ball forward. In 2007, Jones launched Protect Our Winters with the goal of uniting the winter sports community to act on climate change. Initially, they focused on raising awareness around things like switching to more energy-efficient light bulbs and reusable water bottles. From the get-go, I learned to just reach out, cold call anyone that I could find that was climate experts, climate scientists, and just say, hey, I got this thing, you want to be a part of it? And, and they started saying yes. And as I brought more experts in, it became clear pretty quickly that you know, the light bulbs and the water bottles, yes, important, but they're not going to get us the carbon reduction that we need. Beginning in 2010, Jones and other prominent outdoor athletes began making trips to Washington, D.C. on behalf of Protect Our Winters to lobby members of Congress on policies that could dramatically lower greenhouse gas emissions. Their argument focused on a topic that usually gets lawmakers to pay attention, jobs. The snow sports industry pumps tens of billions of dollars into the economy, and it depends on snow to run. Meanwhile, Jones was reevaluating his own day job. He was very aware that jetting to mountain ranges around the planet so he could then catch helicopters to the tops of peaks gave him an enormous carbon footprint. He was also increasingly hungry for new kinds of adventures. There is a new frontier out here that you can't get to with machines. And I kept going into the winter and being like, I want to do a camping trip. I'm sick of going home when it gets dark. I want to get, you know, deeper. Jones's commercial partners were supportive of this approach, at least in theory. And we'd go about the process and the film companies would go, yeah, that sounds cool. And then April would come and be like, man, we got to take advantage of every sunny day and we can't mess around with this hiking stuff. It took a special day in the mountains for Jones to insist on making a change. At the end of a long winter of filming, he took a trip just for fun in the Sierra Nevada backcountry. He hiked to the top of a couloir in crampons, clicked into a snowboard, and had the best ride of the season. I come out the bottom of the couloir, and it was a very emotional moment that we like to call like a, a white moment. And that night, as I'm walking back to the trailhead, it was a big day in the mountains. I'm just like, this is the highlight of my winter. It's in my backyard. It's the most excited I've been on snowboarding. I'm sick of people telling me you can't make films on foot. And I'm just going all in on this. 
It was a big statement that went against what everyone else in the industry was doing. And coming from Jones, it meant something. An Outside Magazine story would later say that it was as if surfer Laird Hamilton had suddenly decided to stop using jet skis and instead paddle into monster waves. I just had to readjust my whole world that I'd been refining for the last 12 years and, and had really on, on autopilot. You know, leaving this comfort of a, a really smooth path and having to call my sponsors and be like, hey, instead of being a part of five movies a year, uh, it's going to take me two years to make one and I'm not even sure if we, we don't even know how to do it. Jones would figure it out. Working with Teton Gravity Research, the action sports film company founded by his brothers Todd and Steve, he produced Deeper, a snowboarding movie premiering in 2010 that had him and other elite riders climbing their way to the summits of remote mountains, earning their turns as it's called. Watching the film, it seemed a lot like a mountaineering expedition. I did a huge press tour with that film, and I think I did 70 interviews, and basically every interview started with, so you hate helicopters. Bottom line is, if I was out there camping and putting on frozen boots and climbing up these mountains going, man, I wish I had a helicopter, but it's bad for the environment, I would have left the sport a long time ago, and I would have been at the beach. Jones loved his long expeditions into the mountains. He loved the physical challenge and the time to connect with nature. But the environmental piece, that did matter. Around the same time that he was filming Deeper, Jones dropped his longtime sponsor, Rosignol, to launch his own company, Jones Snowboards, which released a line of decks made with Forest Stewardship Council certified wood. It was another step into activism for Jones, but a relatively small one. It would take the 2016 presidential election to spur him to go bigger. After Donald Trump became president and the U.S. pulled out of the Paris Agreement, Protect Our Winters launched a political action committee, the Protect Our Winters Action Fund, that could directly endorse candidates and work on their behalf. Jones also began filming Ode to Muir, which followed his week-long winter journey through the John Muir wilderness with Olympic snowboarder Elena Haidt. It was released in the lead-up to the 2018 midterm election with the goal of motivating viewers to vote for the environment and the climate. You got to get in nature, fall in love with nature, to want to protect nature. I think that there's more and more people getting out, which is awesome. I just don't think our elected officials value it as much as they used to. The day of the film, I, we were releasing at the Boulder Theater. I went in on a sound check and... You know, we're going through different sections of the film and it's all these silent sections. And I'm like, oh, my God, did what were we thinking? Did we really do this? Because in the past, we make these films and it's like, all right, we've been talking for three minutes. Now let's play some Metallica and show the person who almost dies and wake up the audience to really go in and say, this isn't about snowboarding. This is about this journey and this message and put all the stakes or the weight on that message and not on beautiful, pretty snowboarding was a really scary thing for me to do with the film. 
We'll be right back. At the top of the episode, we talked about WHOOP, the 24-7 fitness tracker that gets you training smarter by giving you feedback on every moment of your day. Once you set your fitness goals with WHOOP, it tells you how long and how hard you can train based on a sophisticated analysis of your body's readiness. By calculating data, like your heart rate variability and the amount of time you spend in different sleep cycles, WHOOP knows if you're ready to push or need to dial it back. As WHOOP Vice President of Performance Science Kristen Holmes sees it, this enables everyone from experienced athletes to people just getting started with training to get fitter faster by avoiding mistakes. WHOOP just helps accelerate your wisdom on how your body is adapting. That knowledge can help you make better decisions day to day as opposed to three weeks down the track realizing, oh man, that was a really crummy three weeks, you know? Whoop doesn't let you get that far down a bad path. Like we're gonna interrupt that before it becomes a, a real problematic cycle. At Outside, we've gotten so excited about Whoop's ability to help athletes reach their true potential that we've partnered with them for a first of its kind study that has runners basing their workouts on how recovered they are. It's called Project PR, the Personalized Recovery Study. And we'll be reporting the findings on Outside Online later this year. You know, there's this opportunity to, I think, really accelerate fitness gains by just being more dialed in to how your body is responding and adapting to training. Learn more about how Whoop can help you reach your potential at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. For a limited time, Outside Podcast listeners get 15% off a membership. Just enter the code OUTSIDE at checkout. One thing Jeremy Jones is clear about, both in the film Purple Mountains and when you talk to him, is that he's not a confrontational person. This presents a challenge when you're committed to working on perhaps the single most divisive issue in American politics. I'd like to see you guys have any calluses on your hands. Um, I bet most of you came from a lot of money, and you love to ski, which is something that you know people that come from money can do a lot of. The working Americans like myself, which you have nothing to do with and don't understand and you don't respect, they uh, vote, and uh, your climate agenda is totally wrong. People like you uh, can ski and play in the snow while all of us work our asses off. So. That's why your organization's not going to be around in about 20 years. That clip comes from early on in Purple Mountains, and it underscores a central theme, that it's important to hear from the other side of the climate divide. In the first third of the film, Jones sits patiently in front of his laptop during Zoom calls with professionals who advocate vociferously against climate change policies. That's entertaining, but things get a lot more interesting when Jones heads to rural Nevada to connect with outdoor athletes. This was a plan he developed following research Protect Our Winters had done on reaching the kinds of moderate voters that can change the outcome of elections. We did this extensive study on the outdoor community, specifically in swing states, on how they felt about climate change. And we learned a lot about messaging and the middle ground people. And so as I read that report, I was like, how can I turn that into a, a film that can help message to the people we're trying to message to? Jones zeroed in 
on one of the most conservative counties in Nevada. That also happens to be right up against the Ruby Mountains, a spectacular and relatively empty playground for snow sports. To find the kind of athletes he wanted to talk to for the film, he traveled there for a winter camping trip. And on the way out of the backcountry, he struck gold. We're coming out, it's dark, and we're dealing with our stuff, and this Subaru comes down the road with skis on it, and I'm just looking for people to, like, build a list that I can come back for. The driver was 18-year-old Lindy Smith, who comes from a family of dedicated local skiers. She comes driving down with her friends, and I literally, like, flag her down, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Do you live here? I see you ski, and we start talking. I'm like, where do you guys hang out? And have you heard of Protect Our Winners? Can I get your number? And Because I'm trying to find local skiers, and she's like oh, there's a bar down the road that we hang out with. You guys should come and hang out. We go down to this bar. We'd been in the mountains for three days, and there's Trump sign out front, Trump stickers everywhere. Get into the bar. There's deer head with Trump hat. Fox News is blaring, and I have a plant-based diet. We're walking into the place. I'm like, what if they got a veggie burger? And they're like, oh, yeah, they have a veggie burger because that's who they know who to kick out. So go in there. We're the California hippies and we end up really connecting with a bunch of people in that bar and having a great dinner. I order the veggie burger. The lady brings it out. I'm, she's the owner of the place. I'm like, that's a nice looking veggie burger. And she's like, yeah, I'm vegan. It's, I take this stuff serious. Lindy's family would come to play a central role in Purple Mountains. Jones connects with Lindy's dad, Chad Smith, a metal fabricator ski patroller, and climate change skeptic. And they take a hike to talk through their different views of what's really happening to the climate. This formula plays out over the course of the film. Jones heads into the mountains with a miner who has doubts about climate change but loves to snowboard. He sits down with a geologist who argues that American industries already face enough regulation. And he scopes for mule deer with a hunting guide who takes a different approach to conservation. Spoiler alert, Jones doesn't convince anyone to change their votes. This would seem to be a big problem for Protect Our Winters and the climate change movement. I mean, if you can't convert even moderate conservatives, you might be going about this all wrong. Jones doesn't see it that way. Yes, when we talk climate, they very much sound like the middle. And without doubt, if they had a conservative that was pro-climate, they'd be all in on it. But it's just a great example of this identity politics. And it's like if they switched sides, they'd be out of that community. And, you know, is I mean, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but it's kind of true. He believes that similar people in less conservative communities are likely more open to voting for the climate, even if it means switching parties. He also thinks that we need conservative politicians who support climate change legislation. This can't be, when you say vote for the environment, that means you're voting for a Democrat. We need that to have more options. And in the future, we need both sides behind this. Which brings us back to the outdoor state, that concept of a borderless alliance that we discussed at the start of the episode. In the last couple of years, the Protect Our Winters Action Fund has begun to flex the political muscle of the outdoor state with concerted campaigns. Part of this work 
has them galvanizing professional athletes with large social media followings to apply pressure on elected officials. It absolutely opens doors on Capitol Hill. I mean, we can actually walk into that door of elected official and say, there's 39 million followers with us right here. In the 2018 midterm elections, Protect Our Winters focused its support on six candidates, including John Tester, who won a tight race for a Senate seat in Montana. Famed mountaineer Conrad Anker, who lives in Bozeman, made a number of media appearances on Tester's behalf. Meanwhile, Jones jumped in to the grassroots work of politics. I would be reaching out through direct message to Montana skiers and snowboarders that, you know, maybe only have a thousand followers, but they're all voters and going, hey, you know, we need your help here. Not surprisingly, Jones and other activist athletes are frequently dismissed by people who disagree with them. He has been told to stick to snowboarding many times over the years. But he insists that outdoor athletes do hold a unique kind of political power. Reaching the younger demographic and getting them excited to vote, you're not getting there through, say, traditional political ads and the traditional political playbook. And I think that we bring a unique way and vibe and language. Since Purple Mountains was released online in September, Jones says he's heard from a number of people with middle-of-the-road politics who told him that the film has meant a lot to them. I had a guy come up to me the other day in town and said, I'm from Ohio, watched the film. All my relatives in Ohio were really divided on this, and I sent it to them, and that opened up a discussion around climate, something that has been off limits for years now. I mean, those are the compliments I'm looking for, quite frankly. Ultimately, Jones says he never believed he could convince everyone to embrace the need to address climate change. But as he points out, at this stage, he doesn't need to come even close to everyone. Success for us is 51%. That's really the focus. Success is also that traditional non-voter, which I've had definitely a dozen or so people go, never voted, saw the film, going to vote. That does it. And then the other big factor is we are we are in this together, like it or not. So we got to figure out how to work together. And that's what I'm trying to do with the film. You can watch Purple Mountains for free through November 10th at purplemountainsfilm.com. Protect Our Winters is online at protectourwinters.org. November 3rd is Election Day. If you haven't voted already, please do. This episode was produced by me, Michael Roberts. Our music is by Robbie Carver. This episode was brought to you by Whoop, the fitness tracker that gets you training smarter by giving you feedback on every moment of your day. For a limited time, Outside podcast listeners get 15% off a Whoop membership. Go to whoop.com and enter the code OUTSIDE at checkout. That's W-H-O-O-P dot com. We'll be back next week.